Welcome to Watchmen on the Wall, a daily outreach of Southwest Radio Ministries and SWRC.com. The end of another month is here, and today Pastor Larry has an important update on the work happening in Pakistan. And James Collins welcomes David Hamblin to the program to unveil the mysteries of the last days. Since being written, the end-time prophecies of the Bible have been shrouded in mystery. Often, the most important aspects of the Bible's prophecies are twisted or changed to fit the needs of a Hollywood movie. Expertly sifting through the modern fog covering these important prophecies, David Hamblin is here today to share his exhaustive yet thoroughly understandable approach to the study of the end times. Revelation is the only book of the Bible that promises a special blessing to the reader. Oh, sure, there can be no doubt that you'll be blessed from the study of any part of God's Word, but Revelation is the only book that specifically promises that you'll be blessed by reading it. My guest today on The Watchman on the Wall has written a book designed to help you study systematic prophecy from Genesis to Revelation, but the book focuses specifically on Revelation. The book is titled Unveiling the Mysteries of the Last Days. The author is David Hamblin, and I know that you'll be blessed by his book and our conversation today. David, welcome to the program. Thank you very much for having me, James. Well, before we talk about the book, I'd like to learn some more about you. First of all, would you share your testimony? How did you come to know the Lord Jesus Christ? I grew up in Oklahoma City, not very far from where you're located. I was out collecting for my paper route. You know, I'd always gone to church as a child and was interested in the things of God, but I hadn't been saved until I was throwing my paper route. Somebody took the time to introduce me to my need to be saved, and he led me to Christ, and you know, everything was greener, everything was nicer. All the things about being saved, I became a new creature, went from darkness to light, and just a wonderful time. And I wish I could say that was all of it, but including my marriage, God has been with me. When I was five, he told me who I was going to marry, wow. and I'll be dogged if I didn't marry that lady when I got to high school. I got married in high school at the end of my senior year, and the lady I married was the one that he told me I was going to marry when I was only five years old. Well, that's phenomenal. Praise God. Unlike many of our guests, you were not trained in ministry. You didn't go to seminary or Bible college, but I understand that you were trained and had a career as an engineer. Tell me about your background as an engineer. I went to University of Texas at Austin to get my four-year degree. And I was trained as an electrical engineer, so I had a lot of math skills and a lot of interest in working as in systematic studies. So I had to be correct in what I did. You know, with an engineer, what you end up doing, it doesn't matter whether you think it's a good theory. When you go to the lab and you try it out and it doesn't work, it's broken. And so you have to get the right theory. And I find the same thing is true about God and about his things and about his teachings. And you can test them throughout the whole Bible and to make sure that it's consistent. The Bible does not contradict, and it bothers me when people teach that it does contradict, 
but it does not contradict, especially for Bible prophecy. And I use the techniques that I learned as an engineer to set up and test my theories and create my theories. And every theory has to be tested against the entire Bible. That, I find, is important. So your background as an engineer helped you with your unique approach to Bible study. And I understand that you put the entire Bible into a database to help you with the writing of Unveiling the Mysteries of the Last Day. How did that come about? How did you come to write this book? Well, I started with a very simple premise, and that is one day I was reading the Bible. By the way, I was a Sunday school teacher at my church, and I have been studying Bible prophecy since the late 70s. Mm-hmm. So I've had an interest in it a long time. I got my precursor, shall we say, in the late great planet Earth. Hal Lindsey. Yeah, great book. Yeah, A lot of us were strongly influenced by that book. It started me going, but I found it missing a lot of the details I wanted when I studied the Bible for Bible prophecy. So I was teaching Sunday school, and I felt like when I was studying, it hit me one day when I was studying the book of Revelation, that it was written sequentially, that there was really no other right to read it, that it was always, I saw this, and then I saw this, and then I saw this kind of thing. It was really set up in a sequential manner, and I felt like I needed to write a book that gave that sequential history of the book of Revelation for people to understand, to go through it. Then I took that very simple concept and said, well, why can't I bring in verses about different times, like the Gog of Magog and things like that, in this book to discuss? So I put the entire Bible into a database because I kept having a problem seeing the forest because of the trees. There was just so many little things that I knew from the Bible, and I couldn't see it. So I put the entire Bible into a database and classified the times into potential periods of reference in Bible prophecy. And then when I wrote the book, I was able to pull out the different things that corresponded to a singular event and discuss them in detail and have the entire Bible available to me to study that way. Well, let's talk about the book, Unveiling the Mysteries of the Last Days. It's a systematic study of prophecy from Genesis to Revelation. In the introduction, you give reasons for studying Bible prophecy. So tell me, why should we study Bible prophecy? Well, I studied J.R. Church's teachings for a long time, and he was really more of a person that was more of 100%. The more he studied it, the more it increased to 100%. I think so. I would agree with that, yeah. And I have tended to believe that. So if you're not studying the Bible, Bible prophecy, you're not studying a large portion of the Bible, but you need to be able to discuss a large portion of Bible prophecy. In order to discuss it, you need to understand other areas of the Bible. You can't be an expert in Bible prophecy if you don't understand the basic concepts of the Bible. So if you don't understand salvation, for example, or you don't understand the basic teachings of Jesus, Bible prophecy will always be a complete total mystery if you don't understand the basics. So in understanding Bible prophecy, you're forced to train yourself well in the other areas. Unveiling the Mysteries of the Last Days is really about the book of Revelation. 
Now, Revelation means the unveiling. Revelation 119 gives us a chronological outline of the book. Let me read that verse. The Bible says, Write the things which thou hast seen, and the things which are, and the things which shall be hereafter. Now, you sort of alluded to that earlier. Would you unpack that verse for a moment? If you take a look at the book of Revelation, it starts with the context of the past, present, and future. And the book of Revelation, for the most part, is about the future. But you can argue the church age was about the present tense. You can argue about the first chapter was about the past. And you can argue that Revelation 4 through the end is about the future. And we are currently in the church age. And I tend to believe the teachings that have been laid out with the church age, the seven churches are laid out in chronological order, and we know that from the perspective of history. It would have been impossible to know that when it was written, but from the perspective of history, the church has gone through seven primary church ages, and the seventh one is the church of Laodicea, where thou art neither hot nor cold, but are lukewarm, Therefore, I want to spew thee out of my mouth. And I think that's a church age we're living in. Although I think we're just now getting ready to go into a tremendous, tremendous reawakening before the rapture. I pray that you're right. I love something that you wrote here, though, in the book. Early on in Unveiling the Mysteries of the Last Days, you wrote, Where you see Jesus, you always see the churches. What did you mean by that? Well, within Revelation... Jesus says he's with the churches, and he's walking amidst the candlesticks, and each candlestick represents a different church. Then in Revelation 4, you see a dramatic change in the tone of the book of Revelation. And I looked, and behold, a door was opened in heaven, and the first voice which I heard was as it were a trumpet which says, Come up hither, and I will show you the things which will be hereafter. I think that's a rapture verse. Yes. And to me, that clearly is a rapture. And Jesus is in the midst of the candlesticks in the first three chapters. And in chapter four, he calls the church up to heaven, and the church meets him in heaven, and they are with him until chapter 19, in which they return with him when he returns to the earth. And so they are, wherever he is in Revelation, that is where the church is. And it's very careful to protect his church, protect his bride. Well, that portion of the book, David, really blessed me. I really loved it. I keep thinking about us now here in the church age, and I'm reminded of the Great Commission in Matthew 28, 20, where Jesus said, Lo, I am with you always. I don't know about you, brother, but I love knowing that Jesus is always with us. You see the book of Revelation as consisting of seven phases. This book is really broken down into those seven phases. Would you explain each of those? Yeah, we can start with the preparation phase, which is the church age. It's a time where Jesus is preparing the world for his coming. He's sending the church out, spreading the gospel everywhere. It ends with the rapture, and then the next phase is the redemption phase, where Jesus opens his sealed book, and he's reclaiming his property, which is the earth. Mm -hmm. And that property's laying dormant. You know, it basically 
has been given to other people to take care of while he's been in another land. But he comes back in the tribulation. He restarts the process of reclaiming his land, which is the seven seals are opening a seven-sealed book, which is the title deed to earth. And so he opens that book with the seven seals. Then the seven trumpets lay into the coronation phase. And the key here is the mighty angel. The mighty angel is dressed as only God can dress, and he can make an oath that only God can make. And he swears that when the seventh trumpet sounds, that everything will be revealed and it becomes clear after a while that Jesus is put on his throne at the seventh trumpet. So the trumpets are coronation trumpets. So we have the seals, which are reclaiming the earth. We have the trumpets, which are coronation. And then we go into the decision phase, which is the part of Revelation which people know the best. You get into the revealing of the false prophet, revealing of the Antichrist, Satan's attack on Israel. They are off in the wilderness. They are sealed in the place in the wilderness. And then you get into the vile judgments. The vile judgments were a little confusing when I wrote this book. The next book I write, I will explain what the vials are. I think the vials are containers for the prayers of the saints. And it's amazing to me that the prayers can be blessings or they can be curses. And they are curses for those who hate God in the tribulation. They set up the stage for the final set of judgments. And after that, you have the dominion phase where Jesus is on his throne and he's ruling the earth for a thousand years. Then you have the end of the earth, the end of creation, and you have Jesus judges the saints who haven't been judged up until then. So those who haven't been raptured, those who basically from the time that Jesus returned at the end of the tribulation until the time that the creation ends, all those people need to be judged, and there is a judgment. They talk about the great white throne judgment as a judgment of the wicked, but it starts out with the judgment of the righteous. And the righteous are judged, then the wicked are judged, and it's the wicked from all time. And those wicked are thrown in the lake of fire. And after that, the earth is consumed with fire, and a new creation is set in place. So then you have the perfection phase, and it's a time where there's never a hint of sin stains the, etern- the creations at that point. And it is a time of wonder and amazement. David, I heard you say that your favorite part of unveiling the mysteries of the last days is when you write about the millennial reign of Christ. Now, what did you mean by that? The millennial reign is a wonderful time for Christians to be alive. The righteous no longer live for tens of years. They live for hundreds of years. We go back to the way it was in Genesis. And people are blessed. The Bible describes tremendous things happening. But more importantly, no longer does sin stain us. No longer is there the curse of war. No longer is there the curse of hunger. No longer is there the curse of disease. For example, I just had a stroke. I won't have strokes, 
I won't have to worry about 100 years at the end of my life. People will be living 700, 800, 900 years. I think that during the millennial reign, they will not live 1,000 years. That will still be the boundary, 1,000 years when it's done. It's but a day to God, which is why the millennial reign is called the day of the Lord. When the 1,000 years is done, it'll be but a day. It'll only be a day in God's eyes. I don't think anybody will live from the beginning to the very end, but it will still be a wonderful time to be alive. No hunger, no disease, no war, no hurricane. You know, I'm in Florida, so we have hurricanes all the time. And when I grew up in Texas, there were tornadoes. So those are always talked about as acts of God. They're horrible things that happen to people, even though most of the time it generally doesn't happen, but it still happens and people still have to endure those things, but they won't during the millennial reign. My guest on the program today is David Hamblin. We've been talking about his book, Unveiling the Mysteries of the Last Days. Now, I read a lot of books, and this is one of the best biblical studies that I've read in some time. Unveiling the Mysteries of the Last Days is filled with over 1,700 Scripture references. If you like solid Bible studies, you'll love this book, and you can get a copy right now by calling 1-800-652-1144, or you can order online at swrc.com. You mentioned that you are working on another book. Tell me about it. The book of Revelation says that it's supposedly about revealing Christ. And the focus of my book is on the revelation of Jesus Christ, how revelation reveals Jesus Christ step by step by step. And I think it does a tremendous job of revealing him. It reveals him as the Redeemer. It reveals him as the King of Kings, a coronation. It reveals him as the judge in the subjugation, and then the subjugation phase. It reveals him in what he does as a king. It reveals him as God in eternity. So I think Revelation does a tremendous amount of revealing, and people don't talk about how he's revealed in that book. I'm looking forward to the publication of that book. When it comes out, I hope you'll come back again on the program. Thanks for being my guest today, David. Thank you, James. Today's featured resource is the book, Unveiling the Mysteries of the Last Days by David Hamblin. Don't be puzzled any longer by confusion on the subject of prophecy. Leave behind the many contradictory theories propagated by the misinformed. David Hamblin's book, Unveiling the Mysteries of the Last Days, invites you to follow along as God's prophetic timeline shows you in detail the tested, validated, and unified understanding of the Bible's prophecies. Order your copy of Unveiling the Mysteries of the Last Days when you call 1-800-652-1144. That's 1-800-652-1144. Or order online, swrc.com. Our host, Pastor Larry Spargimino, comes now to share an important update on the exciting work that is happening right now in Pakistan. Pastor Victor Samuel is on the phone with me. He is serving the Lord very, very faithfully in Pakistan. And I've known Pastor Victor since 2009. He is the pastor of Grace Bible Church and also the administrator of Grace Charity School, which has two campuses. The main campus in Tobatek Singh is in the process of purchasing a piece of land 
that is adjacent to the school, and we've paid about half of the total price, but the deadline for the final payment is staring us in the face. We desperately need the other half, which amounts to several thousand dollars. And so we are asking our listeners to prayerfully consider what the Lord would would have you to do in helping with this very critical work in Pakistan. And I do want to thank everyone. I know we've been raising funds for the school in Pakistan for several years, and we've seen the love of God's people, the love of our listeners to Southwest Radio Church, giving generously, giving graciously, and we certainly uh, want to thank each and every one. But now we have this pressing need, and I understand that it is at a bad time. I know inflation is very real, a lot of difficult things going on, the war in Ukraine, and so on and so forth. So I certainly would ask our our listeners, whatever you can do to help, and like I say, we have several hundred boys and girls, Pakistani boys and girls who know the Lord, who are learning reading, writing, arithmetic, their own language as well as English. These are going to be movers and shakers in the very near future. So it's exciting to think of what the Lord has done, and we, we pray that he would be merciful to us. Pastor Victor, thank you so much for being with us. Yes, hello, Pastor Larry, and uh, thank you so much for having me, and thanks to all the listeners who have been faithfully helping this great mission here in Pakistan. Well, tell us about the importance of this land, and I, I, I've said something about it. It's adjacent to the school, but tell us about the school, about the main campus and Toba Tech Singh, and about this parcel of land and what you intend to do with this parcel of land. As you know, all that uh, we have shared this before, that we have this uh, charity school in Pakistan, and we have more than 400 children in in one campus. We had this piece of land in front of the school because the school we have already is not enough for the children, for the classes. So we wanted to purchase this land so that we can have more rooms for the children and more classrooms there. And plus, we wanted to buy this land so that nobody else can buy it and make something else there, which can cause, you know, this Christian school in future. Right. So, so we are really grateful for you all who are really consider helping us uh, for this great cause. And I want to tell you all that uh, my mission here in Pakistan is to share the gospel of Jesus Christ mm, wow. with the children and to meet their basic needs of education, shelter, and supplemental nutrition. These are many, there are many children I meet in nearby villages while on outreach who are in very desperate living conditions. Mm. You cannot imagine many of these children work long days alongside their parents, making breaks from mud, working hard for not enough pay to escape poverty in their lifestyle, in lifetime. Often these children do not have proper food, clothing, or shelter either. Future for these children be comparable to slavery. Poverty prevents these children from receiving the education. They need to break free from poverty chains. So my desire is to meet these children where they are not at 
and provide them with education and a message of hope and freedom through Jesus Christ. Amen. That's so wonderfully put. And I know a lot of people think, well, Pakistan is so far away, but you know, today, uh, the whole world is our neighborhood, right? It's it's like next door. Yeah. Yes. And, yes. and um, you know, friends, if anyone would like to write to me, send me an email, Larry at SWRC.com. I will send you, I will forward you on the computer some of the videos that Pastor Victor has sent. Even the, the second campus, the smaller campus, my Pastor Victor, the kids were, were performing. There were parents there. They were so adorable. The teachers are so effective, effective communicators. My, I mean, so friends, if you'd like me to forward you some of the videos that Pastor Victor has sent, if you want to see more about what's happening in Pakistan, please write me at Larry at SWRC.com. And I am sure when you see these videos, you would like to take a part, even if it's a small part, in helping Grace Charity School get this piece of land. Now, Pastor Victor, Tell our, our listeners about your students. How do you get the students? Uh, where do they come from? And why, in particular, is a Christian education so important for the boys and girls in Pakistan? Yeah, I want to tell you all that little bit about the challenges that we have. The Pakistan is facing a serious challenge to ensure all children, particularly the most disadvantaged, attend, mm. stay and learn in school. So I want to tell you that currently, Pakistan has the world's second highest number of out-of-school children mm. with an estimated 22.8 million children aged 5 to 16 not attending school. And just to, I want to tell you that to imagine us, uh, the Christians, being a minority here in Pakistan, we don't have too much resources where the parents can put their children in the schools. So instead of putting the children into the schools, they, they have to send their children for the work. Like I said, that the many children I meet in nearby villages while on outreach. Uh, so they are in a desperate living condition. They, many of children work long, long poverty alongside their parents. So mostly they make bricks from mud, work hard for not enough pay to escape right. poverty in their lifetime. So this is a, this is really very, very hard situation here. That's why we wanted to start this school and uh, praise the Lord that we have been doing this. God is helping us to, you know, have this school and running. So we are grateful for your help. Pastor Victor, thank you so much for for this interview. God bless you richly. Yes, you do, sir, and love you all, and thank you so much for your generosity and for your care and for your love. Show your support for our mission outreach efforts in Pakistan with a gift today, swrc.com, or you can give by calling 1-800-652-1144. Today's featured resource is the book, Unveiling the Mysteries of the Last Days by David Hamblin. Don't be puzzled any longer by confusion on the subject of prophecy. Order your copy of Unveiling the Mysteries of the Last Days when you call 1-800-652-1144. That's 1-800-652-1144. Or order online 
swrc.com. Tomorrow, Michael Hoggard reveals the amazing connection between the Holy Bible and the code book of our bodies, our DNA. Be sure to tune in on your favorite radio station or by subscribing to our daily Watchman on the Wall podcast. Watchman on the Wall is a production of Southwest Radio Ministries and is supported by faithful listeners just like you. Visit swrc.com. Thank you.